It's Jim, it's the world of bonds. It's Tuesday the 3rd of May 2022 for professional investors only, never ever investment advice. Hope you had a great long weekend if you're off. Um, Certainly hope you had a better yesterday than whoever it was in an investment bank pressed the wrong button and sent the Swedish stock market down by 8% intraday. It bounced back by the end of the day. Um, The so-called fat finger trade, someone just pressing the wrong amount into a computer keyboard, uh, but certainly led to a rocky period for equities yesterday. But really, when we come in back in the UK this morning, it's all about round numberitis. Um, you know, this is something the disease that the market has looking for big uh, figures in bond markets. And as of this morning, we went over 1% for the 10 year bond yield and we went over 3% for the 10 year US Treasury bond yield. So, some big important moves. Markets still remain incredibly weak, central banks still remain pretty hawkish. Uh, We saw overnight that Australia did a bigger than expected rate hike. They went for 25 basis points. So rates there now up to 35 basis points. Um, 10 year bond yields there sold off 13p last night. And we've got another two and a bit percent of rate hikes now priced in for Australia as well. We have the Bank of England's rate hike decision on Thursday, where it's expected that rates go up to 1%. Remember that that 1% level is the level where they will explain how they're going to unwind quantitative easing. And that they've said at that level they may do outright asset sales. So selling gilts back into these incredibly weak markets may not be a particularly attractive uh, scenario. Of course, it was always going to be the scenario when you, when you make this, when you pre-announce this is what you're going to do. If you say you're going to be selling your gilt holdings when interest rates have gone up, it's not going to be a pretty situation to start with. So, uh, you know, diff- difficult communication, I think, for them on Thursday. The other bit of the asset sales they've got to think about also is sterling credit and the sterling credit market. I was looking at a chart from uh, RBC this morning of single A sterling credits going back to Q4 last year. They were at 81 basis points, now out to 135 um, basis points. So um, huge spread widening, disproportionate spread widening really in sterling corporate bonds as people are a bit nervous in what's a fairly illiquid market all the action moved to the euro market and the dollar market some time ago um, uh, even before brexit which has uh, led to a further weakening in liquidity i guess but you've uh, got this situation where people are worried that the bank of England is going to be selling those back into the market as well again they've got the flexibility to do neither of these things but it's something that's uh, keeping the market a little bit on edge there um, also this week in the UK, we've also got local elections on Thursday where, uh, you know, it would be staggering if the Conservative Party was not annihilated to some extent in, in the polls, what with Partygate and Tractorgate and, and all the other scandals that they have been facing um, over recent months. Um, at the end of last week, since the last podcast anyway, we've had German inflation out that came in at 7.8% year on year. That's the highest level in Germany since the 1973 oil shock. So a huge you know, high, uh, n- nearly 50 year high in inflation in Germany. Last month when inflation was 7.3%. German newspapers built, and it's worth following, you know, front pages of the paper just to get 
a sense of the shock and horror that Germans are experiencing by these um, very high levels of, of inflation that they're, you know, they thought the Bundesbank was there to protect them from um, and the ECB isn't protecting them from. Whether the Bundesbank would have been able to do anything about this is, is moot, of course, but nevertheless, front page of built Historischer Teuer shock, um, which because I'm in the highest league in Duolingo German, I think means historically most expensive shock or something like that anyway right let's look quickly at sterling i mean that sterling's off four percent against the us dollar over the last month it's down seven percent year to date this is mainly though um we've talked about the bank of england already but it's not really a uk specific thing so i don't think you can pin this on political scandals or or anything else or uk growth shock you know the fact that we may go into recession that consumer confidence has collapsed all of those sorts of things it's mainly a dollar strength story if you look at sterling against the euro, it's not really done very much at all. Whereas um, DXY, Dixie US dollar trade weighted index is at 103.5. That was down at 95 in February. So this is a broad based dollar rally story based on expectations of rate hikes. And the market is now pricing in 10, 25 basis point rate hikes from the Fed over the rest of the year, i.e. a mixture of 25s and 50s. Um, for the remainder of 2022 and that's up you know 10 rate hikes now again if you went back to the start of q4 last year the market was pricing in less than one so not even fully pricing in the chance of the fed hiking at all in 2022 now it's pricing um, 10 and it's already hiked of course um, in the year so far to date Right, finishing up on two very quick things. Italy's introducing a windfall tax on energy companies, um, 25% tax on profits. Uh, that's with the oil price over 104, and I guess this is something that's going to be increasingly popular and attractive for, for governments everywhere, given um, the need to, to raise some money to relieve stress on consumers who are, who are really feeling it at the moment. And finally... Russia, um, you know, Russia was about to default. Um, it got nearly to the end of its grace period. The grace period for paying its, you know, if it missed a coupon payment on two US sovereign government bonds in dollars, um, it didn't pay those coupons. You then get a grace period of a number of days, I think 30 days after missing a coupon payment when you're not formally in default. And that gives you some chance to sort out, you know, if it's due to operational risk issues, which I guess Russia could claim there is an element of that with sanctions and complexities around payment systems. So, yes, sorry, on Friday, they paid $560 million worth of coupons on those uh, two US sovereign bonds. And so they're not in default. Uh, I think people don't think they're out of the woods and it'll be increasingly difficult for them to find uh, enough hard currency to pay for um, the next lot of coupons due. But nevertheless, if you look at Russian CDS, CDS, credit default swaps, a way of insuring against default for, uh, for credit or sovereign bonds. Back in August last year, we're at 80 basis points. So it cost you 80 basis points a year to insure a million dollars worth of debt against default. And if it defaulted with uh, zero recoverability, you'd get um, that million dollars back effectively. Um, then after the invasion, it went up to a thousand, um, out to, I think, 
25,000 uh, at the end of last week. So, you know, effectively pricing in a default with virtually no recovery. But since Friday, big, big rally back down to 3,000. So still implying default, but um, postponed and maybe with a higher recovery rate than the market had thought towards the end of last week. That's it. Um, interesting week, as I say, for central banks. We'll catch up probably on Friday. Bye. Have a good one.